Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. For the second Sunday in Lent, the Gospel comes from the book of Luke, chapter 13, beginning with verse 31. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord, open our eyes to see you, our ears to hear you, and our hearts to receive you as you come to us in your holy word today. Amen. Pastor, the pulpit is no place for politics. I've heard those words. I understand the sentiment. And then I read today's gospel where it becomes abundantly clear, Jesus didn't avoid the politics. They were different in his day than they are in ours, or were they? The timing of the history in today's gospel reading is a little unclear, but there are things that we know. Herod was the ruler over Judea, a territory that included Jerusalem. While independent, Herod ruled this territory with the support of the Roman emperor and with the emperor's military might that was used when needed to put down political uprisings. Herod was seeking to hold on to his crown and the political power it afforded him both at home and within the greater Roman Empire. Jesus, an itinerant rabbi and miracle worker, moved freely throughout Herod's kingdom, healing and casting out demons and feeding hungry crowds and teaching about a different kind of kingdom where those like Herod and those like Jesus stood on equal footing. Jesus' acts of divine power were a threat because they revealed the lie of Herod's political power. Herod's power may have made him rich and allowed him to undertake great building projects and save the ancient Olympic Games. That's true story. Herod's wealth may have afforded him and those close to him an indulgent and comfort-filled life. But none of this did much to help the lives of those who came seeking to know and hear and follow Jesus, whose divine power offered a glimpse of a different kind of world. Herod stands on one side of the power equation, 
The leaders who approached Jesus with their warning in today's gospel could be said to be on another side of the same equation. If Herod was invested in holding onto his crown, then these local leaders were invested in helping him to maintain it by keeping the status quo. Herod's financial support was essential for rebuilding the temple. And the temple was critical infrastructure for those local leaders who elevated obedience to God's law above all. Jesus' presence and his acts of compassion, care, and restoration were also a threat to the carefully orchestrated status quo that these local leaders were attempting to hold in place. Keep a low profile. Don't call Herod's attention to Jerusalem. Keep the revolutionaries like Jesus under wraps. Herod and the local leaders had struck a tenuous balance. The support of those local leaders gave Herod the legitimacy that he needed to rule. And the support of Herod gave local leaders, like the ones in today's gospel, access to the money needed to construct the temple and live faithfully. And Jesus? Well, he doesn't avoid the political fray. He steps right in and he names the reality that he sees unfolding around him. The fox has entered the coop and nothing good can come to the chicks. Now, what's interesting to me as Jesus enters into the political fray is that he doesn't bother mediating between these different sides. He doesn't negotiate for a different kind of power sharing arrangement. Jesus steps in into the fray first with lament. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Is this what we've come to? City of God that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it? Even as he knows the path that lies before him, the path that will lead to his crucifixion, Jesus still laments the ways that he and others like him who reveal divine power through their actions and speak prophetic words are caught in the crossfires between the power players of this world, caught between those who have power and those who want the fruits of that power and those who sit by trying through their silence to keep the status quo in place. In such a world as this, lament speaks truth. I wonder what lament would Jesus name in our day? Where are the places where the prophetic truth speakers are still silenced? Where are the places where the machinations of the power players put innocent people at risk? We know the names. Do we dare to speak them? Oh, Moscow. Frankly, that's an easy one. But, oh, Washington, oh, Albany, oh, Rochester, oh, Bethlehem Lutheran, oh, whatever town or place you find yourself today. Jesus' lament is not only for the Herods of this world. Jesus is also 
for people like me, the Amy's of this world, those who have invested their lives in playing by Herod's rule, the Amy's who try mightily to keep their heads down and out of trouble, the Amy's who preference comfort over justice, the Amy's who are silent when speakers of truth point out the ways that the abundant life that Jesus wants all people to know is only available to some. Jesus laments and he asks us to as well. But Jesus doesn't only lament. Jesus also steps into the fray as the hen puffed up and ready to gather and shelter and protect the innocent ones under her wings. In a world where the foxes knowingly and willingly put innocent people at risk in order to accomplish their ego trips and power plays. In a world where foxes who live in comfort and security are eager to maintain the status quo. Jesus understands that nothing exposes the ferocity of a fox like a hen, wings spread wide in hopes of protecting the vulnerable ones who stand to lose everything. Jesus' wings spread wide even to protect and shelter those who have come to warn him. And yet, even from this protective and embracing stance, Jesus is, to, is left to lament the resistance, the obstruction, and the rejection of all of us who flee his protective wings, rather than finding our saving hope and life-giving promises there. Herod and the Pharisees are historical figures, and yet foxes are all around us still today. The foxes live in the cunning voice that says your barnyard is changing and maybe you won't fit in anymore. The foxes live in that sly suggestion that you aren't enough or don't have enough. The foxes live in those crafty fears that fill our brains when we wake in the night. Yes, those foxes are everywhere around us. And Jesus, the mother hen, doesn't hide from the foxes even though he knows he will die. No, Jesus, the mother hen, says, go tell that fox that I am busy bringing good news to those who need it. Go tell that fox that I've got better things to do in this world than huddle in the corner waiting to die. And chicks... I'm speaking to you and me, friend. We've got better things to do as well than running from the foxes who want to capture and devour us. Sabbath is God's invitation to each of us to practice letting Jesus' wings fold around us and be all that we need, if only for a few fleeting minutes a sort of practice session of what it would mean to be enfolded in God's wings. Sabbath is God's invitation to rest in the divine presence of the mother hen who is ready to die so that we might really live. 
Jesus, the mother hand, spreads wide those holy wings and says, I will be your shield, your guide, your salvation. I am God. You are not. Let me embrace you just as you are. Amen. We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.